Hello and thanks for joining us for this Mersey Waves podcast. My name's Sarah and I'm part of Liverpool City Council's communications team. 30 years ago, Liverpool was a city teetering on the brink. Years of economic decline were tearing apart the city's social and political fabric. The scale of the challenge facing Liverpool was so great that many commentators predicted that it would never recover. They were, of course, wrong. However, Liverpool is now facing a crisis that no one has ever experienced before. Like other cities across the world, in the face of the COVID-19 pandemic, authorities, including Liverpool City Council, are working together to keep everyone safe and the city resilient for the future. In this podcast, I'm very pleased to say that I'm joined by Professor Michael Parkinson, Associate Pro-Vice-Chancellor for Civic Engagement at the University of Liverpool. He's also a celebrated author who has charted how far Liverpool has come over the past 30 years. We want to find out his thoughts on the city's current circumstances and what's in store for its residents and businesses. Michael, thank you for being part of the Mersey Waves podcast. I think it's a fair assessment to say you know this city very well and have chronicled its trajectory in two seminal books, Liverpool on the Brink, which was released in 1985, and in 2019 you published a follow-up, Liverpool Beyond the Brink, the remaking of a post-imperial city. The question is, thanks to COVID-19, is this going to become a trilogy? Will it be Liverpool back to the brink, perhaps? Um, thanks for those kind words. Um, it'll be different, it'll change, but I, I would start from the fact, my recent book said 35 years ago, we were on our knees, we were out of the game. And in the past 35 years, we've got right off our knees. We're not quite out of the woods, but we had a fantastic continuing renaissance. So I think it was a very good news story COVID-19 is a big hit. There's no point underestimating or denying that. It's hit many places, many people, many businesses. But I think we should be confident. We should be optimistic. We should be realistic. Um, I think the story does need to be told, quite frankly, because this is the equivalent of a war. And a number of people said to me, Michael, if you're around to tell a story, will you tell a story? And I thought, I'm planning almost to add an epilogue to the book, because I think what we do and how we do it and what the lessons learned, very important that we learn from them, what worked, what didn't work, and what we should do differently in future. So another chapter of the book, but I hope at the end, a cheerful chapter. It's really interesting, as in your first book, Liverpool on the Brink, you write, and I'll quote it to you if you don't mind, with Liverpool, you never know where the story is going. And just when you think a path has been laid out, it changes direction all over again. I mean, this couldn't be more fitting for this current time, could it? Absolutely. <laughs> it, you know, eight weeks ago, we were all going to Anfield or whatever to watch Atletico Madrid, aware there was an issue in different countries, but not realising what would happen to this place. And it has been cataclysmic what has happened. I mean, it's got to be said, it's the public health and tragedy that is tremendously important and not to be understated. And many people have paid a very heavy price already with their lives and illness and many families are suffering. Um, but it's also been an economic 
um, story as well. So you never do know where we are going. What I do say in both books is we do have a way of finding our path. I think something we were talking with earlier, this city is probably better placed to face this challenge than many other cities, because frankly, we've had lots of hard knocks in the past. We've had lots of difficult days, economic and political, and we've come through. And in a certain way, there was a kind of a resilience to the Scousers, I think, which has been demonstrated in what we're doing now, which I think we can draw upon to get through the crisis. And I think will hold us in good stead when we are through. So, yes, who'd have thought it, as they say, but here we are. I think you're totally right. And it's sort of this COVID-19 seems to be coming on the back of the zenith of austerity, Brexit going through. It just, it does seem to be like one thing after another, isn't it? But we are the ultimate comeback kid as a city. I agree with that. And I have to say, I've said before, it's a bit like Spanish flu, um, 9-11 and 2009 austerity all rolled up. This is not an old fashioned recession. This is a very different thing. It will unwind in very different ways and very different times. And the world will be changed, I think, permanently. Some things will come back, some things won't come back. And I think trying to predict what we need to hang on to, what might need to let go of, what we need to prioritize. Um, these are very important questions. We are beginning, I think, we're halfway down the tunnel. I think we can see the light at the end of it. And it's terribly important we now begin to ask ourselves, what will it be when we get there? What will we do the same? What will we do differently? What will be our priorities? I wrote in the book um, that Europe changed Liverpool 20 years ago by asking the question, what are you for? What are you going to be? What are you going to do? We have a lot of money for you if you can tell us what you're for. We had a fabulous um, decade. We had a pretty decent austerity. But a lot of the things we did, the visitor economy, tourism, leisure, retail, which drove our economy, they'll be different in future. There's no point being unrealistic. What I also said in the book at the end was the thing which will drive Liverpool and Liverpool City region economy in future, um, as much as residential and retail and leisure and tourism will be high value added, knowledge, jobs. And strangely, we are now global leaders in infectious diseases and personalized medicines. We are leading the way. So Liverpool now is a global leader in some of the most important research areas. So I think whereas some of our sectors have taken a hit, others we've demonstrated have got huge potential. So what we do when we come out of this, what we focus upon, what we invest, what we support, they're very important questions. And I think we have lots of good things to work on and they'll be strengthened. And we need to think about those which have had a bit of a hit and how we can protect and save them. People are desperate to get back to some form of normality and bringing back sport has been a big topic. For example, there's debate around the Premier League and whether a line should be drawn under it or should it continue behind closed doors. I believe you're a big Liverpool football club fan. So what's your view on this? Um, I'm a little bit like Jurgen Klopp. Lives matter much more than football. Football is the most in, 
most important of the least important things. I think I agree with Klopp on that. Um, I think, it, obviously speaking as a rare, but in, in general, if in some way the season could be ended with some clarity about um, who won and who didn't um, and, and get it over with, that would be good. Um, I have to say, there seem to be a lot of challenges involved in doing that. Um, quite when it'll be saved, quite when the clubs are ready, quite when the players are ready. I think there's a lot of uncertainty about that, quite frankly. There's a lot of tremendous commercial pressure to get the games on because of less of, loss of television rights, loss of sponsorship. These are important considerations, but not prior to health considerations. And, you know, frankly, um, we all know that watching games behind closed doors is in no way resembles the experience you get at a real football game. I kind of watch one or two at the fag end of this Champions League and, and frankly, you really wouldn't want to watch them. So you might have to do that to get the thing sorted out. I think this remains a big challenge. And I think for our football clubs in future and therefore the city, because the football clubs are huge drivers. Local football club is a turnover of 500 million a year, which is about the turnover of local university. It makes a major contribution. Everton, you know, it will be smaller than that, but Neville's is very significant. And so their impact on the economy is huge. And um, getting football going again in the right way at the right time and getting those numbers is tremendous challenge we need to somehow get there but i don't think we should understate the challenges of a finish this the season in good order or b starting again on the same basis we know liverpool have postponed uh, the uh, redevelopment of the um Anker road stand that makes an awful lot of sense we hope the everton and bramley moore thing will continue i think it is continuing it's probably slowed down um, but for this city partly for our football heritage but also because of the economic significance of the clubs in terms of tourism investment confidence tremendously important we get them going again but i think the challenges of getting it sorted down for this year and starting time for next year these are big challenges and i think they need a lot of thought I know you've gone on record before of saying that you would predict and it's a loosely predict We've got another 18 months before we return to any sort of normality, really. How drastically do you think the city will be transformed, like physically and emotionally? A lot. I mean, I think my judgment is we may come out of sort of lockdown towards the end of the summer. But in terms of getting back to where we are, an awful lot of businesses will be hit by this. An awful lot of people will have either been furloughed, I mean, part income, and some will lose their jobs, some businesses will go down. So there'll be an economic challenge. The city centre has been incredibly vibrant. It depends upon people and crowds, whether it's football, whether it's the giants, whether it's the restaurants, whether it's the theatres, whether it's the museums. You know, social distancing, I think, will be, be the norm in future, and it will continue. And what that means for some of our key sectors is terribly important. You know, our, our airport's been very important, drag people in. The visitor economy, it's 20% of our employees. 
60 million visitors you had in the past, 5 billion, I suspect that will be changed. So looking at that and getting that right will be very important. It, it will be different. I'm optimistic. I'm confident. You know, we are a big place and a big people. And, you know, we, we ran the world 150 years ago. This is not some small town. We are very good at coping with adversity. We have great community resilience. I think we've got some very good now political leadership. I think the Scouts have really rallied to the cause, actually. And I think that's something to pull upon. But it will be different. And working out in what ways will be different. We may need less officers in the future, perhaps. We may need fewer hotels. We may need more, we may need more laboratories, you know? So all businesses, hospitals, universities, private sector, are thinking, what will it be like for us six months down the road, 12 months down the road? When will we be back to normal? My, my point about 18 months was back to some sort of, quote, normality, new normality. And I think would be out of lockdown probably by the autumn, unless we go back down again. Um, but the period after that, coming to terms with that, I think is when we've really got to think about it. You mentioned political leadership then in um, that answer. What do you see the City Council's role as at this time? Because it's obviously really difficult. We've quite recently had the news that the funding from government for COVID-19 has been reduced. So there's a £44 million gap. Um, so there's a lot of strains, aren't there? And obviously residents are always at the heart of everything they do. But I'm just wondering how you see their, their City Council's role at the moment. Um, there's different parts to that. I think in, in a crisis, leadership is fantastically important and visible leadership and confident leadership and clarity of leadership. That's what we're looking for. And I think Mayor Joe does give that along with Tony Reid, the chief exec. I know they're talking to government. I know they're planning their recovery plan. So it's very important that, you know, the only thing we have to fear is fear, is fear itself, said Delano Roosevelt. So at one level, it's really important that we get clarity, firm, confident leadership from the city council. That's important. Secondly, it's really important that the city council and combined authority collaborate and work together because we are in this together. Um, thirdly, it's really important, I think, and this is what all research shows, it's all entirely obvious. The city council um, is, has big financial problems. They're not going to get any better in the short term. Um, they're going to be some big hits. So it's terribly important the city council does what it is doing, actually, is leading the Liverpool city plan not the Liverpool City Council plan. So I think it's terribly important. It gives confident leadership, clarity, works with the city region combined authority, but also brings everybody into the tent. I think what we've learned from the crisis is kindness matters, caring matters, collaboration matters. If these things matter in the crisis, they matter even more as we come out. What positives do you think we'll have when we come out of this into the new normal on the other side? I mean, we should again finish by saying what I said when I started. This has been a terrible crisis for many people who've lost their lives and families and so they'll be grieving, they'll be suffering. The care workers will be suffering post-traumatic stress. They've seen people die. So we shouldn't underestimate the amount of grieving 
that is taking place and will take place and we have to understand that and cope with that. So that's the first thing. Let's not forget all of that. I do think, you know, Liverpool has been very, very good at collective solidarity in the past. I think it's being so now, and I think we can draw upon that, the amount of community support, big initiatives. I think we can um, count on that. And I think, you know, we had 35 years of changing our spots politically, economically, institutionally, physically. We created a terrific place. I mean, it's not just Scouse sentimentality. It is a really terrific place. And I think we should be getting back to that. We'll be having our, our universities will be there, our hospitals will be there, our port and our airport will be there. Many of the things we had before the crisis will be there. They'll be changed, of course. But I think we, you know, we should come out a more confident, uh, more ambitious place. I certainly don't think we should be retreating. I don't think we should be lowering the bar. I think we should remain an international, outward-looking city, a collaborative city, a cultural matter. So I, I think there's a lot to build upon while recognising this has been a terrible time for many people, and that's our first concern of how we cope with that. But when we come out, I think we've got the seeds to build upon and come back to where we were. It's almost like reimagining the Liverpool landscape then. Yes, um, but I think, I wrote some time ago, economic crises come and go, buildings come and go, the Liverpool people go on forever. <laughs> and I think, I take comfort from that, actually. It'll look perhaps different, the arrangements will be different, but I think the Scout spirit, that's what we'll build upon, and that's what will help us. We're really seeing that at the moment as well, aren't we? You mentioned before, kindness matters, and we're seeing that in spades at the moment. It's like Even with the small examples like the clap for carers each Thursday, it's just these shining examples of people who are amazing, and it's been acknowledged. It... it Absolutely. I mean, um, yeah, let's face it, we've all been too career-driven. We've all been too busy to be running around and showing off from foreign countries and getting on aeroplanes. We've all been trying to buy bigger cars and drive them as fast as we can. You know, one of the great virtues of this is we've stopped doing that. We've spent more time with our family. We've been much clearer about what really matters in life. We know work is important, you have to work to pay the bills, to feed the family and all the rest of it. But you're doing it, you know, you, you, you work to live, not live to work. And I think we'll recognise that. Fantastic. Well, that's been really fascinating. Thank you very much for that. And yes, let's hope we can learn lessons and let's hope that positivity comes out and we can uh, see a new, more exciting, more dynamic Liverpool in uh, 18 months or so, perhaps. Sarah, I'm comfortably will, and thank you for the interview. It's been thank very you. interesting. That's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep up to date with the latest information, advice, and guidance on coronavirus, you can visit liverpool.gov.uk forward slash coronavirus or search for COVID Liverpool on Twitter and Facebook. If you want to drop the Mersey Waves team a line, maybe you have a suggestion for future episodes, why not send us an email to hello at merseywaves.co.uk